welcome to the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. I'm your host, Annie, Air Force officer turned serial entrepreneur, author, CEO, fitness expert, and personal growth junkie. Honestly, though, guys, I'm just like you. I choose every single day to get uncomfy in pursuit of what others consider unlikely. And that's exactly how I've built a life I am freaking obsessed with. And I want you to know that you're capable of the same. Here in this fam, yes, you're officially a part of the fam. We choose every day to quit our excuses, ditch the negativity, and embrace our best lives. Literally nothing is off the table when it comes to the conversations we're going to have together. We'll chat fitness, mental health, relationships, personal growth, business, and I'm certain we're going to laugh together. But please don't hold it against me if we cry together too. I know you'll leave this episode with the confidence and excitement to grow from your mistakes, pursue your passions, and ultimately own your life. Now let's get on with it. It's time to get uncomfy. Welcome everybody to the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. We are back and I'm really excited about today's guest. We have Claire Meany. She is here to chat a little bit about relationships. So Claire, thank you so much for just being here, for your time, for sharing your story because I think today we're going to get a little vulnerable. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am truly honored. Yay. Okay. Well, let's dive on in. Okay. Honestly, diving on in, I'm going to just explain real quick to everybody listening. I have found over the last like year that stories of relationships, stories of, you know, couples and partners struggling and going through stuff. It is so, it's almost like refreshing because sometimes from the outside looking in, it looks like everyone has it perfect. And then when you are seeing struggle in your relationship, sometimes it has you thinking that, you know, you're in the wrong or something's wrong with you or whatever. So long story short, the reason that I wanted to have Claire on here today, y'all, is because I know a little bit about her story and kind of what she'd been through, what her relationship has gone through in the last many years. And I wanted to bring her on the podcast to just share that with you guys. I was telling her right before we hit record that back when I was going through my breakup about a year ago, I remember searching for podcasts about breakups, about relationships. I just wanted to hear somebody talk about something that I could relate to. And so maybe you're listening and you can't relate, but you're just interested. Maybe you're somebody and you're going through that right now. Maybe you know a friend who's going through something. This could be a podcast to send to somebody, take a listen to, post on social media. And we're just excited to chat. So Claire, let's start with a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yes. So my name is now Claire Brigham, newly oh, Claire shoot. Brigham. I know. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I, I still mess it up. I'm still like, wait, my, my name is Brigham now. My name's Brigham. So <laughs> I just got married to the guy I've been to literal hell and back with and back again. Over the past eight years, we got married about a month ago now. It was May 7th. And I couldn't be happier with where we are now, but really how far we've come. So I am also a new mom. My son is four months old. So I am currently navigating all things motherhood. And oh my gosh, there's so much to learn. He is currently teething and it's just crazy. I'm also into blogging, making reels, all things on Instagram. And then I'm also into traveling, which fits perfectly with my husband's lifestyle because we just moved to Ohio one week ago and we moved from Virginia where we lived for a year. So for his work, we travel. And I've also was born in Pennsylvania. My husband and I were raised on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I lived in Florida for over a year. So I traveled Europe. So we've just been everywhere. And it's a huge part of who I am today and all the 
journeys that we've been through. Oh, I, I love it so much. And I just think so many people can relate to kind of like a little bit about what you're going to share now. Again, I think it's just refreshing to hear that no relationship is perfect. And I know I watch you on social media and you're just so, you're so real. And that's what I love about you. Um, so let's start at the very beginning. So eight years ago, what did that look like? How did this relationship start? Because I think that it started different than how, you know, it turned out to like how it looks like today. Let's like start navigating through that. Yes. So eight years ago, Mike and I met actually on Facebook. So we instantly clicked. Um, oh my God, we- Facebook. I know. I know. I <laughs> love the detail because it's such like a little millennial thing. So we had a bunch of mutual friends because we grew up in the same town and our brothers are, were actually in the same grade. So Mike's three years older than me. And Yeah. So we met on Facebook and we messaged on Facebook and we decided that our first date would be the movies. And I love this little detail. We held hands the entire time and it was so awkward and so sweaty. And we both look back on that memory and just laugh because we just wanted to like not hold hands anymore, but we didn't want to pull apart. And it's just such a fun little detail. So funny now being on like first dates, like myself over here, like it's so funny because there's so many like awkward first date things where like I don't want to do this but like I'm not not, like I'm like I don't want them to think I hate them so I'll go I'll do it (laughs) right we didn't want to pull away but we were like oh my gosh this is so sweaty and uncomfortable (laughs) and then our second date was Olive Garden I couldn't eat I was so nervous and then our third date was our first kiss and we still remember the spot and so we have a few really great first date memories which we both like to talk about. So it started off smooth sailing. We spent an entire summer together. We went camping to the beach, ice cream. We just had so much fun. And then a few months into our relationship, I started to become obsessive. I loved Mike more than I loved myself. I was 18, 19 years old, very young. And I thought a boy was the answer to my life. All my problems. I ate, I breathed, and I lived for Mike. And pause there because I think that that phase is something I know you said you're like 18 19 I think Mm -hmm. women who 25 26 30 are still you know even in that mindset of like you know the my life the key like the missing puzzle piece is this man this partner love right and not even self-love but like love for somebody else that yeah so I just feel like that's so relatable I'm excited to hear how that evolved. Yes. So I didn't love myself. So in turn, I loved him too much, I guess you could say. And also in turn, this gave me anxiety. This is when anxiety got introduced into my life. Uh, I didn't have anxiety before actually Mike. So anytime Mike didn't give me the attention that I thought I deserved and hung out with his friends or did whatever he needed to do, like even go to work, I got very anxious and I questioned my self-worth and I got insecure and I just wanted him all to myself. So this is the beginning of when things got very rocky. And my parents actually watched me become obsessive over this guy. And they were like, Claire, go get a hobby. And I was like, that's ridiculous. And it's funny now because I have so many hobbies and they're such an important part of life. I want to mention that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. I love that. So did you recognize that in yourself at the moment or is that only just, you know, you looking back now? 
I think looking back now, because in the moment I, I was so just absorbed into him. I couldn't, I didn't want a hobby. I didn't, the person that I was couldn't even fathom doing a hobby. (laughs) Did that create tension then between you two? Was that something that like Mike noticed in you that created fights that created, you know, tension between it actually caused Mike to pull away from me, which in turn gave me more anxiety. So it was very rocky. It, it was a tough time. And that was like, I guess you could say our first mini breakup was all the anxiety and me becoming obsessive, but we decided that we would stick through it and we continued to stay together. And we actually went off to college and we became long distance. So that was our first mini breakup, but we got through it. And at first college was no big deal. We FaceTimed, we texted every day, we visited each other every single weekend. And then slowly my priorities began to shift. I was making friends, I was socializing more and I was starting to party, which I had never done before. So this made things even rockier. And another breakup kind of stumbled upon us. And this was- Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, was that less of you? Was that like trust being lost somewhere? It was, it was was kind of like the roles were reversed. Like Mike was like, you wanted me all to yourself and we stayed together and we became obsessed with each other. And now you want to go make friends and now you want to party. He's like, what the heck? Like, like it was like the roles were reversed and we were struggling. We just like, couldn't find an even ground. We didn't have any balance. And I was making friends and I wanted to hang out more with them than be with him. And he was struggling with that too. Mm, Yeah. That's so interesting that like, it was just like an energy switch almost. Yes. Yes. Like I'm thinking of, and this is something I know from like, for everybody listening, just extensive therapy, if I'm being honest and, and self-reflection and journaling, but it's like, you know, let's say there's the energy is like a hundred, right? Or like mm-hmm. the interest, I don't even know how to explain that, but like hundred between two people, right? So if one person's showing like 80% of it of like the obsession and the interest and the, you know, sacrificing and like being into the relationship, like pushing it, then the, it only leaves like 20% for that other person. And they're most likely like, at least what I've noticed is like, that's going to be the pulling away. But then if you dial it back, you know, it, some, it goes back the other way and Right. Kind of like what you just said, that balance, you know? Right, right, right. So like he started to prioritize me more and I started to prioritize him less. It was, it was total energy shift. And he ended up ending things with me. He was like, I can't do it anymore. He was like, we just need to go our separate ways. And I was truly crushed. This was definitely the most hurt I had ever experienced in my whole entire life was this breakup in college. Even though I wanted to be with friends all the time, I wanted him too. I wanted both. And, and was, I that, think- was that something that you guys agreed on? Or was that just him saying, no. oh, I can't do this. I'm done. Yeah, no, it wasn't agreed upon. He ended things with me and just cut off ties with me. I was kind of left stranded and I didn't think I would be okay. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was losing so much weight. And this was just the first of many breakups, which is bizarre because throughout the years we got back together and we broke up more times than I can count. And each time it just hurt worse and worse. Guy who I truly, truly loved we just couldn't make it work. We were in our young twenties. We didn't have 
the coping skills, the communication skills. We couldn't see things from each other's perspectives. We just didn't even know how to go about making them right, but we wanted to be in each other's lives. And so that first breakup, did you guys completely cut off ties? Did you stay friends? So we cut off ties for as long as we could. And then we always reconnected. We always, one of us reached out telling each other that we missed each other. And then we would go behind like our families and our friends' backs and we would hang out. And he was living in Connecticut and I would go visit him. He was living in Pennsylvania. I would literally drive eight hours to Pennsylvania to see this guy who I wasn't even together with because it was comfortable and it was just, the love was there, but so was the hurt. Like the hurt remained. Yeah. Do you think, so I'm curious, cause I, I bet, I know that I, you know, when in dealing with my last breakup, it's like, it's because it's so hard to like picture your life without that person that you think, you know, okay, even if I'm not going to tell anybody about this, like, I'm going to try to stay in contact with this person. I'm going to try to still see them. We're going to try to make it work. And like, in my I don't know. It's hard. And obviously you guys, I think it's rare, but like your guys' story is so unique in that in the end, you guys, you, you're, you're together and everything that's right. happened, but like, right. do you think that you should have, you know, just tried to like tough it out in the no connection and not seeing him? Or do you think it was good seeing each other? You know what I'm saying? So what, so we, so this is crazy. So we continued to get back together and break up on and off for about five or six years. And then there was this time that Mike was actually supposed to be sent overseas. His job had just signed for a um, power plant. He builds power plants over in England and he had just agreed to go to England. And five or six years later, Mike and I were still in each other's lives, secretly trying to hang out, get back together. And I told my parents, I was like, I wanna go to England. And Mike agreed. He was still very weary and he agreed. And then just days before my 23rd birthday and days before he was supposed to leave for England, he broke up with me. He got cold feet. He cut it off and he just knew it wasn't right. And I was stunned. And I remember the moment to this day, I was sitting in my parents' living room and I was eating breakfast and Mike sent me a text and he was like, I can't do it anymore. And I put my fork down, I walked outside and I tried to catch my breath. I just couldn't even breathe. And I was thinking to myself, like, this can't be true. I don't wanna feel like this anymore. And I look back and think about that person that I was and I feel so terrible for her. Like she was so full of anxiety. She had so much hope, but she felt so much despair. She didn't love herself. But this breakup was different. This breakup was the one that we finally walked away from each other. This was five or six years of bringing each other down, really. Like we were struggling mentally as people because of the hurt and the breakups and all that we were going through. So this was the turning moment. It was different. And I think like, I know that feeling so I, I was just sitting here listening to that. And I don't know if anybody listening can, you know, relate. I just remember feeling like, like, I don't know how my life is going to go on, you know, yeah. like, I don't yeah. know how, but also knowing like, but this is it, you know, like, right. Right. this is it. I don't know how I'm going to be okay. 
but I guess I'm going to have to figure it out. And, you know, for me, at least it was that moment, that like clarity of like, and trust me, people listening, if you're going through a breakup, it was not overnight. It actually took me like, literally took me nine weeks to even like get the heck out of bed and like start really focusing on myself. I remember everybody telling me, just focus on you. Just, you know, worry about yourself. And I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, I don't know what that means. Right. Right. No, it was the universe telling me to like live my life. I had two choices. I could let it break me or let it ruin me. And like you said, it took me a very long time, weeks, but I slowly, I didn't have a choice. Like I had to pick myself back up and I knew that. And we had gone back and forth. We were in that toxic cycle for so long that even though I, this huge piece of me was missing, he was no longer my security blanket, my comfort zone. I needed that growth. I needed that growth without him. So everything thankfully happened like it should. And he went off to England and I actually, a friend had told me that she was going to be traveling Europe and I, and she had offered for me to come visit her over there. And after Mike broke up with me, I contacted her and I was like, girl, can I come stay over there with you and be with you? And she was like, yes. So I actually ended up traveling Europe for three months. And I think this is just like a huge part of a breakup. I think when two people go through a breakup, they need, they need to be adventurous. They need a big change. They need either a new change of scenery. They need to try something new. I a hundred percent think that when two people break up, you need to do something different. You know, you need to get out of your comfort zone and just shoot for growth. And like you say, it's going to take weeks to get to that point, but there needs to be a turning point. Yeah. Something has to like shake it up. Like for me, that was move. I moved cities. I just picked up and moved to Dallas, right? For you, it was picking up and, you know, traveling Europe, but like something to just let you be in a different state of mind, I think is so important. Yes. Just to shift, shift your mindset to refocus on something else. And it's going to take time. That's not going to happen right away, but you're going to find a missing piece of yourself that you didn't know you had. And you need that selfish time, just that self love journey. And just to start embarking on that. And like, that's what I did in Europe. And after those three months in Europe, I actually moved to Florida. And that was also another very selfish self-love journey time for myself, because I didn't think Mike and I were getting back together. So Imagine if I did, imagine if I knew that, you know, we'd be married, he would be in my subconscious the whole time. And I wouldn't have truly been able to thrive and grow and be myself. So I have no hope for him and I, I, okay, I love that you why that. we are where we are today. Yes. Okay. I love that you say that because I think that's so important when going through a breakup. And I think this is like the whole point of like, really why I wanted to chat about your story is because when going through a breakup, it's easy to say, you know, like what's meant to be will be. And like, maybe we're going to find each other down the road. But if you hold on to that idea that you're going to be with that person, you're never going to fully let go. Meaning that you're never going to fully lean into yourself, do those things you have to do for you, be alone, do that self-discovery journey, take the make the move, whatever that looks like, because you're going to be hung up and like 
being like, well, I need to be in the city because he's in the city and, um, and right. we're going to be, You're gonna be focused on the timing. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is, so, yeah, so, I, also, I have another question. So do you think, because you, it was back and forth for years. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that if Mike didn't break it off right before he went to England and if you guys kept doing that back and forth thing, and honestly, like just in my experience, like pretty toxic in, in terms of like, just like the ups and the downs and the, like, what is this? And the in- insecurity and like the uncertainty and all that. Do you think if you guys like kept up with that and there was no actual like break cut off, like, you know, like I, like you said, no hope of really being together, like for real breakup, do you think that you would be where you are today? No, definitely not. I I needed that closure. I needed to cut it off, say goodbye, do me. And he needed to do him. Like we needed to be two separate individual people because we, as cliche as it sounds, we needed to better ourselves, date ourselves, do what makes us happy because together we were becoming just toxic people and we weren't good people in this world I even want to like bring it out to that point I truly believe that since we split for about a year almost two that we were able to you know find our way in the world individually and be independent and you know interact with other people without having the other in our mind and we just really got to know ourselves and like I say, be better people in this world so that now we can be better together. Yeah. Um, so did you guys, did you guys date while you were apart? Did you date other people? Yes. So I moved to Florida after Europe and I did indeed date other people, which helped me realize, you know, the partner that I want, it helped me explore the possibility that maybe there's another guy out there for me. The fact that I didn't focus on Mike was really, really good for me. I focused on myself. I worked out. I partied. I bought my own apartment. I got a dog. I was becoming me. I took care of myself and I only worried about me. I didn't worry about anybody else. And I was selfish during this time. And like we said before, growing individually without Mike on my mind is what I needed. I needed to be me without Mike. I needed to be my own person. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love that. And then I love how you said, you know, dating other people was an important part of the journey too. Cause it was, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now is dating other guys, meeting other men, whatever. It's so eye opening because back when I was in my past relationship, like, like when I, and especially in those like few months after the breakup, like I could not picture myself with anybody. I was like, I don't even know if any, I don't know if another man exists out yes. there, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And so I, th- I definitely think that's so important, especially just like, like you said, you're like, I started to kind of define who I wanted as a partner, like, you know, and that's in the dating world. I think we figure that out, you know, Hey, I like these qualities. Hey, I'm not, I don't need this and I need this and, you know, not this, and this works well with me and this doesn't. And, you know, just those type of things that I definitely didn't have the experience of when I was in a, you know, long-term relationship. Right. And I think all of those people that you meet and you spend time with and you talk to really teach you something about yourself. So I think all in all, it's a really great thing to date other people. Yeah. Okay. So now totally curious, cause I don't actually even know how this all happened. 
where did the reconnection happen? What did that look like? So this is so funny to me because COVID. <laughs> oh my God. COVID is literally the reason that we are where we are. It's it's the reason our baby is in this world. Like he is 100% a COVID baby. And I have no problem saying that. I'm not embarrassed about any part of this because, oh my gosh, this is life. So he was in England and he was scared he was going to get stranded outside of England because they were closing the borders to both the U.S. and England. So he came back to the U.S. frantically with his suitcases. And I was in Florida, like I said, and he came and he visited me. And Mike and I, we maybe texted here and there once every few months during that, that time where we were focusing on ourselves when we were in those self-discovery months, we would talk, but not a lot. We were in totally different time zones. Occasionally I would like send him a drunk text and he would reply like six hours later, or sometimes he wouldn't reply at all. And that was okay. We were, we were being our own people, but a small flame still was lit. And he came and visited me in Florida. And then after he came and visited me in Florida, he actually moved me out of my apartment and we road tripped back to Massachusetts, which is where we grew up, where we met, where we went to school, where our parents are from. And we got pregnant. And this, where was the decision moment of like, this might now be a thing? Like, and also where was that moment? And then also like, what were the differences that you noticed with you guys together, you know, cause I'm sure it felt different than it did, you know, two years ago when you guys were being, you know, toxic and it, it wasn't working out. So like what had changed? So the crazy part is that we weren't planning to get back together. Mike likes to say that we were, because actually the day that I took my pregnancy test, I was headed to his parents' house for a lobster dinner. So we were indeed like getting reconnected back with the family, but I definitely think I know our son sealed the deal and he really did show that like his parents do belong together. And it was crazy just when Mike showed up at my apartment in Florida, like I didn't recognize him. I didn't know the guy that had stepped off that plane. He looked just mature and he had grown and we were just, we had like lived our lives separately. It was like awkward. I even want to say to like reconnect with the guy who I had just you know, had this really toxic cycle with, and it was, it was awkward. And we were both a little speechless. And I introduced him to all my friends in Florida and he fit in quickly. Like we picked up right where we left off, but there was definitely like this maturity that had emerged in both of us that was definitely lacking before. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, so this is so random that I just thought of, if you introduced him to your friends in Florida, where you're like, Hi, this is my ex, Mike. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. And that's how everyone knew him. And then when we were like, we're pregnant, they were like, oh my God. <laughs> They're like, that's so great. And I'm like, yes. So it was definitely like, it was, I'm not gonna lie. It was just, it was shocking. It was awkward. Even Mike and I were like, what? And <laughs> I remember telling him I was pregnant. I was like extremely shocked and I'm 25 years old. I had always dreamed of being a young mother, but never really thought it was in the cards for me anymore. So, but Mike was so calm and cool and collected. 
he says to this day, you know, he was ready for this. And timing is just a key factor in our whole story. And it is everything as cliche as it all is. They're cliches for a reason. Everything did happen for a reason. And our timing worked out beautifully. And it's just crazy how now we were in Massachusetts together. We got pregnant in New Hampshire at an Airbnb and now we're in Ohio. Like life is crazy and we're totally just here for the ride. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. So how were your family and your friends when you guys were like, Hey, we're, you know, we're doing this, like this is happening. Like, were they supportive? Were they, you know, hesitant? What did that look like? Both. I would say both, but you know what? I wouldn't want to be pregnant with anybody else in this world. And I think that's what really hit home for me, for him, for our families. Like I know Mike better than anybody. He knows me better than anyone. So for us to take on this new adventure together to, you know, start a family, it was yes, shocking, unsurprising, not what we thought was in store for us, but there's nobody else in this world that I would rather build a family with than this guy who I had been to literal hell and back with. And we matured a lot when we were separated, but we realized that, you know, we now need to communicate and do what it takes to, you know, grow up, see things from each other's perspective. He finally realizes why I had that, all that anxiety in the past. He didn't even realize it before because we were so wrapped up in our own thoughts. We were young. We were in our young twenties, not even. And so there's nobody else in this world that I would rather go through this with. And I'm just so glad that this is where we are. Good. Okay. Now I just have to ask you a question because I'm sure people are listening to this. Maybe they're going through a breakup, maybe they're considering breaking up with their current partner, maybe they're struggling with their current partner, maybe they're getting over somebody, whatever it is. What do you have to say about somebody who might have that struggle with somebody? So let's talk to the people that are like debating breaking up with the partner or they just broke up and they're struggling and they want to go back and they're questioning, is is it right? What do you have to say to somebody who's listening? To somebody who is going through a breakup, I would just say that, like I said before, go try something new, go somewhere new, be adventurous, do what you can just to like try and get out of that funk. I know it sounds harsh, but you need to, you need to be your own person. You do. And uh, at the time I didn't want to listen to people. I didn't want to hear it's all about the timing. Um, Go do what makes you happy. Like I didn't want to hear that either. Just like you had mentioned, you didn't either, but it's true. You really do. You need to take responsibility. First of all, for why you broke up. Was it you? Was it that person? Maybe reflect journal, figure out, you know, why you are in the place you are in. I definitely think reflecting and journaling. I did a lot of personal development over in Europe right after we broke up. I listened to a lot of podcasts. Like you said, I listened to so many and I exercised and those were just key factors in, you know, me overcoming and getting through the days there. I didn't think I would get through. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing all the time people say like, it's going to get better. Like every day is going to get easier. Like, you know, focus on you. And I remember being like, shut the hell up. I don't want to go. I actually remember saying, I remember Haley telling me, um, Haley Henderson, I was staying with her. And I remember her telling me like one morning, I was like, when is this going to feel okay? And she's like, 
it's going to get better. And I was like, Haley, you said that six weeks ago. (laughs) I know, I know. But I so agree. I think like we said, that, that change of pace, taking a trip, starting a new hobby, you know, getting yourself around a new group of people. Right. It's, It's hard and it's uncomfy, but I think, you know, I definitely see in your story that like, if you guys hadn't become your own people, like, obviously I don't think that you would be no, not at all. And we and- weren't feeling good about ourselves. Like yeah. in that toxic cycle of the breakup and getting back together in the breakup, we were becoming lower and lower and we weren't feeling good about ourselves. So we have to feel good about ourselves in order to be a healthy, better couple. Yeah. And yeah, so it's a, you got to become uncomfortable. You got to get rid of that security blanket and you need to get uncomfortable in order to grow and timing. Yeah. Timing is everything. Right. Just, and whether, I, I truly believe. Yeah. And whether or not like you're going to get back together and this is to the person listening, who's like going through a breakup or considering breaking up with somebody. And this is the advice that like totally changed the way I viewed my breakup was like, whether or not I'm going to get back together with this person or not doesn't matter because either way, whether I get back together with this person or I find the person I'm meant to be with, I need to be a better person to do either right. of those things, right? right. Like I need right. to be independent. I need to be strong. I need to love myself. I need to be confident. Right. I need to like be able to be me, be an individual before I'm going to attract the person that is meant for me. Right, right. And that's why they say book the flight go do that crazy thing. Because once you reach out to the world and help others and be a positive influence, you're going to attract what you need to attract and you'll have a healthier relationship with whoever it is. Yeah. The future. Yeah. Oh, Claire, mm-hmm. I, I'm just so grateful for you. I mean, I think like getting on here and just like telling your story to thousands and thousands of people is hard and being vulnerable is hard, but I know I like deep down in my soul know that somebody needed to hear this and this is going to change, you know, somebody's perspective on what they're going through and, or even just give them comfort that what they're going through is normal and it's okay. And it's going to end up beautiful in the end. So I just want to say thank you for thank your work you. and your yeah. story. Yes. Nobody is alone out there. We are all going through it. Yes. So last thing, where can people find you? So what is your Instagram handle? Where are you at? My Instagram handle is Claire under dash Brigham 23. And then I do have a blog. I blog like once or twice a month and it's called stressed, blessed and overdressed.com. Love it. Yay. Well, guys, go hit up Claire. If this resonated with you in any way, send her a message, let her know, share this podcast, send to a friend, but that's really all we have for today. Sarah, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Any last words of advice, pieces of wisdom? I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. And yes, please reach out. If anybody needs me, I am an open ear to listen and I'd love to give any advice that I can. Yay. Alrighty. Well guys, thanks for tuning in and you'll catch us next week on the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. Bye everybody. That is all for today, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Hey, I'd be so grateful if you took one second to send this podcast to one person, you know, would love it. And also don't forget, leave a five-star review because honestly go big or freaking go home, Becky. Okay. (laughs) 
Don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or a follow if you're listening through Spotify. Also, go ahead and check this out at letsgetuncomfy.podcast and myself at Annie underscore fit life fit me on Instagram. Tag us in your stories. Let me know how you're getting uncomfy and what you loved about today's episodes. Now, go do it. Go get uncomfy. Pursue what others consider unlikely. I double dog area. <laughs>